Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 79 of FPL Black Box. My name is Az, and I'm here with a, a slightly worse for wear mark. You've been out, out on the town, oh, haven't you? I'm not, I'm not that bad. I've, got, I've come literally come from the pub stroke restaurant uh, to join you immediately for a live stream to 773 people, which probably isn't a great idea. But um, thanks to the 773 people, it's good to see. Obviously, our ranks, the worse they are, the more turn up as. Absolutely. I know people like misery. That's what we, that's what we learned from our match yeah. of the day. Uh, experiments. <laughs> That's what we've learned from doing this this podcast. No one wants to see two yeah. two managers doing well, so tune in to us. No, uh, instead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah loads to talk about um, today. We've obviously haven't got a huge amount of, of data to look at, but we'll try and do what we can with uh, what we've got. Pretty interesting game week, though, wasn't it, Mark? I mean, some pretty big results. You know, Brentford beating United, Liverpool drawing again, Arsenal on the rampage. Got Haaland to talk about. Chelsea defence and Cucurella should be a good one. It was, and, and you know, like we had last episode, we were talking about Darwin. He was the poster boy, wasn't he? And then look what happened. I mean, it was yeah. like last season all over again, extreme result from from something that, that a lot of FPL managers over in between, you know, ahead of game week two, were looking at Darwin and going, oh, you know, and I, I actually texted you, didn't I? I said, you know what? If he goes mad tonight, I might play my wild yeah. card. Right? Yeah. And you texted me did go mad. Going, yeah, <laughs> you texted me back going, well, I think that's the definition of going mad, headbutting uh, uh, a Crystal Palace centre-back. But yeah, that wasn't what the kind of mad I was looking for. Um, what drama. Eh? And, and I, don't, I don't know if it's a good or a bad. I guess it's a bad thing in that I think he was maybe about to turn FBL on its head a little bit and people were maybe going to go, hmm, maybe I need to get Darwin as my, as my third Liverpool player. Uh, and instead of that, people are actually going back to just two Liverpool players. Mm. Um, certainly, uh, we'll look at that more yep. over the course of the show. And I think towards the end when we look at our team, spoiler alert. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it feels like we're already on another season with massive swings of, of huge points, which we had last season, obviously. And if you're on the wrong end of it, it can really hurt. So if you are on the wrong end of it, like we have been, you know, variance hasn't been um, going in our favour. Uh, not our friend. Not our no. friend. But we're, you know, we're, we'll turn it around. It's, it's early days. Yeah. Uh, let's talk just quickly before we do that, uh, just to mention Fantasy Football Scouts. You know a little bit about Fantasy Football Scout having founded the company. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm aware of those like people. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I work for them, obviously, now. They sponsor um, this stream all season, which is very generous of them. Um, just a note that if you haven't started with Fantasy Football Scout yet, this is your last chance to get pre-season um, prices and the price lock from last season um, as well. So it's going up from two pound forty nine to two ninety nine on Saturday. You can lock in that two forty nine a month um, price, uh, and you never have to pay any more than that if you lock it in now. So if you're interested in Scout and you want to look at all of the members um, area stuff, all the tables and you know brilliant articles from from uh, Neil and, and Tom, 
you do some videos over there as well with Andy, which you can watch um, as well, if you remember. So yeah, if you're interested in doing it, I strongly recommend you do it now before the price um, goes up and it's well worth doing um, as well. Those videos of Andy are crackers, aren't they? I don't know who the other guy is, but Andy's really good. Love him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's... He, I tell you, Andy is is stepping it up this season. You know, he's hosting oh. the Scout cast, which is brilliant. He's doing the member stuff with you. He was on the pod with me, the official Premier League pod yesterday. He's... Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's... Um, I, hope, I hope he just remembers where he came from. Remembers his roots. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He won't. Now he's got, he's got his big rank and everything. I heard him on this scout cast. I know. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. If he finishes really strongly as well this season, he's going to be... Mm. Yeah, I have to sack him. I yeah, think. those members chats that I have with him are getting more and more awkward the better he gets in terms of his rank compared to mine. I mean, I can cope with you. You're not too far away from me. But when mm. Andy's in the top 300k, yeah. And he's yeah. tweeting, he tweeted something about oh, saying, you know, our, you know, no one, everyone's combined ranks isn't as high as ours. Oh, he needs to, oh, to dear, check himself. Uh, let's talk about game week two. Uh, let's start with your game week two. Yeah, pretty disappointing Uh week for you um 55 points talk us through it we can see uh, where, the, where the lows were yeah no personal jesus basically that's my problem isn't it eh? but um yeah i didn't have jesus so yeah um that was the difference really between me and 75 percent of the player base of fbl basically you know you, you go against eo this is what you get you know it's fine i i, I expect it um, but, you know, 19 points was a big haul. Jesus mm. probably won't do that again this season. So, you know, I've just got to accept it and move on. But, you know, Diaz got me into, you, into you the realms Mark? of Come on, Mark. You've got to read, read your team out for the podcast. I will read for it. I'll read for it. Um, <laughs> it. It's Ramsdale in goal with the one point. Um, not what I want from Ramsdale, but hopefully that gets better from now on. Can Shadow 11, uh, Alexander-Arnold 3, Robertson 2, Walker six, Son with two, not what I needed. Uh, Luis Diaz, a hero, coming at nine, right at the clutch there to save my game week slightly. Saka mm. with two, not what I wanted again. Martinelli becoming the choice pick uh, over Saka, obviously. And then Harlan, captain, who we'll talk about, I'm sure, over the course of the show with the 10. And then Brennan Johnson with the one point. Head uh, over I heart. Was at heart the overhead. I was, <laughs> yes, a heart overhead pick. I was at the game on Sunday as well. And... You asked me what did I feel like when at the point where he had he scored that goal and then it got disallowed. When he scored that goal, I almost had to call for St John's ambulance. Basically, I <laughs> wow. almost collapsed through the the heat and the emotion and excitement of him scoring that goal. I had to steady myself, and I thought I was going to go into some kind of vertigo attack at that point. But then the goal being disallowed brought me back to reality, and I recovered. But yeah, I was a bit upset because it, it looked like he'd taken that goal well and he got mm. me some points, but it wasn't to be, was it? Yeah, I mean, I thought of you as soon as as soon as you scored it. I was mm. so excited. I bet then, you did. Yeah, and then it didn't. Oh, were you excited? No, I was. On my I was. I was honest. I was oh. very. We're, we're a team. Oh. We're a team this season. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're okay. Gonna, we're going to talk about great in the good in a minute, and, and just how that's uh, shaping up at the moment. It does feel a bit yeah. like it's us v v them, yeah. Um, which yeah. is yeah, which makes a refreshing change from the last two seasons of of doing these uh, with you. Um, I mean, you didn't have Jesus. You mentioned you didn't have Salah. Uh, Harland didn't really come through. Yeah, I mean, how, how are you feeling? I mean, you you chose not to go with the two highest zone players in the game, and it's mm. not been a great start. But yeah, but I, I didn't choose I didn't choose to go with Salah and Jesus just because they were the best home players in the game. I honestly do think Son and Saka can keep pace with them. Um, I still have to stand by that if I've made that decision because I've obviously suffered because they were highly owned players. But you know that's the way it goes. First two game weeks. Son is quite capable of getting return against Wolves and, and Salah and Jesus could blank. I mean, that's the way it goes. That's the way variance works. So, you know, um, Jesus is not going to get 19 points very often this season. Right? He's a striker. To get two goals and two assists, that's effectively a hat-trick and an assist, effectively, isn't it? Not far off. So, you know, is he going to get that again this season? Might do, could do, but I doubt it. So it's gone now. There's no point in chasing those points, I don't believe. I've got to stick with Saka. Uh, who is a great player and, and and still I think Arsenal's best player he's just started the, the season quite slowly everything's been down the left with Zinchenko and Martinelli so Saka hasn't really been involved as heavily as I would have expected he still had a chance um, in the last game and Jesus could have squared a ball to him for a tap in as well it just didn't, didn't happen so I've got to give it more time and Son I'm certainly going to give more time because I do think that he can match Salah this season 
given the positions that he's taken up versus the positions that Salah was taken up without Nunes. But now, of course, three games without Darwin in the team, we'll probably see Salah kick on and become the player he was we saw last season. I do still think that with mm. Darwin in the team, we'll see a different Salah, but we're going to have to wait another few weeks for that now, aren't we? So there you go. Well, Liverpool need to get their get their act together because it's been a, mm. been a terrible start. For all the focus on United, it's been a, a, a really, really poor start for, for Liverpool. And you look at that midfield three of Fabinho, Milner and Elliot, and you think, oh, this isn't the top, this isn't yeah. the top four midfield. I'd rather have McFred. Mm, maybe that's a, maybe, maybe that's <laughs> a bit on. of a stretch. Yeah, but that's a bit I of a stretch. I think the other... The other thing is that they look vulnerable at mm. the back. Um, and, you know, they went through that spell two seasons ago where they were losing home games. They lost, what, four or five home games in a row. They were losing to Fulham and Burnley at home and teams like that. And there's shades of that at the moment. There's shades of they're looking confident in terms of they're not being able to rely on the back four at the moment. Um, I mean, they played well when they were down to 10 men and when Palace were literally, you know, dropping off deep and so on. But, before that, they look vulnerable on the break. Um, so any team now with a bit of pace up front and a bit of guile in midfield will fancy scoring against them, which ain't great. And and they're not looking a, a mighty force at the moment. Um, I don't think they've... They are missing Mane, aren't they? Mm. Clearly. Diaz is not Mane. And, and that's changed things. Uh, and they've got Firmino and Jota injured at the moment. So let's see what they put out against United. We still expect them to win, though, don't we? Because it's United, right? I mean, Diaz stepped up, didn't he? When when the sending off happened, I mean, not just the goal, but he was just everywhere all of a sudden. And, you know, yeah, that's the, that's what they need from him. I think every week because he was pretty quiet again until until that point, and then and then just completely came alive. I mean, we're both um, we're coming to my team set. We're both double Liverpool defence. Although spoilers for our team reveals later, we are now not both mm. double Liverpool defence, and that comes with that what you just said. And I've got some some stuff on um, Thiago being out as well, which which I noticed. Um, which doesn't paint a particularly rosy picture for, for Liverpool um, without him. Um, let's take a quick look at my team. I fared slightly better than you, 73 points, um, all down to one man, really, uh, which is the De Bruyne captaincy. Uh, the rest of my team, Ward, Trent, Robertson, Cancelo, Luca Dean, minus one. Can you <laughs> believe it? That was that was your first return of the weekend, wasn't it, Dean's? Oh, yeah, I mean, when that went in, I was like, oh minute. my God. 88 Only Luca Dean could do that, right? He he finds new ways of, of hurting oh. FBL managers, doesn't he? He never hurts time. me. I've I've not. I, I, everyone has said to me he's a troll. You don't want to own him. He's cursed. All this stuff. Mm. I own. I bought him in when he just signed for Villa last year. I think he got like 13 points in his first game. I've owned him before, and he's got me like nice sixes and sevens when he's been at Everton. I've never had that really rough moment with him. Well, now I have because mm. minus one. And the worst part is, I mean, it's zero points for him over the first two game weeks. Any other five million defender, and I'd be like 10 points up. So yeah. it's really it's really frustrating. But what like what can you do? You know, it's it's just one of those things. He's now well, you know, gone. <laughs> you the the De Bruyne captaincy came in for you, and obviously I was pleased for you with that. And um you stuck with and you must have watched that game fearing what Harlan could do. And then being pleasantly surprised just how little contribution he made to that game, with the ball anyway. I mean, obviously people will go, oh yeah, but he he, he did a lot off the ball, which made space for others. Mm. You, know, you might have only had eight touches, but yeah, okay, right, yeah, maybe. But um, De Bruyne was certainly the player running the show, uh, which is something we've come to get used to. Um, but he, he did that and got returns, and he started the season strongly. And, you know, I when I started the season, the idea of, getting Son and Kane was that I would move one of them to a City player. And the original plan was to go Son to De Bruyne and keep Kane. And had I done that, I would have been far better off because obviously Kane scored at Chelsea and I would have kept in De Bruyne like you. So I do regret now being kind of hoodwinked into mm. Haaland, panicked by the, the fear of missing out after watching the West Ham game. I did I did buy into that, well, Haaland's going to be a force and unstoppable and surely he's going to put Bournemouth to the sword. And I regret it. I, I, you know, it's, it's got I'd, to go down as a I'd mistake. Have, I'd, I'd have done the same as you in, in yeah. that position. Yeah, I mean, I you know, if, if, you, if you'd offered me a free transfer swap of, of De Bruyne to Haaland going into that Bournemouth game, I, I would have taken it. Absolutely. Right. You know, I, I was also terrified after watching that West Ham game. I thought, okay, Haaland's got the pens. He's going to be the kind of main man. And I mean, we, we're going to talk more about Haaland a bit later on, but, you know, he could have come away from that with a goal and assist pretty easily, uh, you know, and a couple of bonus. And then there's no, yeah. no one's even talking True. about it. And, 
you know, mm. Pep's subbing Foden for not passing to him and, and saying all this stuff about him, you know, they need to get the balls into the box and he's always going to be there. I mean, it's, it's all encouraging stuff for, for Haaland. So it is. I think it is. And, and that, that's a very good point to make. What are these comments about Foden afterwards yeah. was positive for Haaland owners. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, De Bruyne really did. I mean, De Bruyne and Jesus, I mean, without, without them, I mean, Salah blanked, Mount has been rubbish, Neto, two really good games for him. And yeah, I owe you an apology on that because you said you weren't sold and I disagreed and he's been absolutely awful. Um, Pereira as well. I mean, you know, I thought that was a good looking mm. game against us. I thought there'd be goals in that and there wasn't any goals, which was the worst result when you got two, two attackers in that. Um, and then Jesus up top and Perisic on my bench. And I, I don't know, I don't know what to do with him at the moment. I've, you know, he, he's, you know, the game week one was the worst case result for a Perisic owner. And game week two was probably the best case result with Sessegnon going off injured and Perisic coming on and getting an assist and then looking a bit better. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, um, it's interesting. Tra- transfers have been made in my team. Mm. I've taken a minus form, three transfers made. I'll, I'll talk to you about those. Yeah, I want to see what you're doing with Perisic for sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, let's take a quick look at the great and the good. We're bringing this back in for the mm. first time. Now, we've got a bit of a bone to pick here, haven't we? It's, well. pre- it's pretty pathetic, isn't it? <laughs> Let's be honest. Once again, Laz, if you can use a harsh word, if you can go to the extreme, you will. I love you saying you could... pathetic. It's my, my new catchphrase this yeah. season. Yeah. So what, what, what is it you find pathetic as? Let's talk about it. Okay. Well, let's just go through the list. Ben Krillin, template rating, 77%. Fabio Borges, template rating, 77%. Slippers, template rating, 77%. Magnus Carlsen, template rating, 77%. Yeah, we get it. We get, we get it. it. We get it. There's about 15 names on this list, all around the 70% mark. There's one, two, there's five managers with exactly the same rank at 446,879. Yeah. Well, I wonder. I had to, I, I had to <laughs> check with Greyhead. I was like, you got that right? Because there's a lot of their identical ranks, almost like they've got the same team. It's almost like they've got the same team, Mark, isn't it? Yeah. And then mm. you've got to go right down to third from bottom, where you find Savannah, who finished second last year. Well, he's got a temporary rating of, of 60%. And then you've got two Muppets at the bottom. <laughs> well, you say Muppets, I say Mavericks. I say Trailblazers. Trail- I say Gurus, yeah. basically. But yeah, oh Muppets is another word yeah. you could use. Probably. I mean, yeah. I, I, mine's a lot. I've got a template rating of 32%. percent um, What's doing? What's doing that? What's doing the 32%? Oh, I, was, I guess not having Haaland. De Bruyne, or, yeah. Mount. Not having Haaland. Yeah, and I was yeah. the only only manager in the, in the great and the good not to captain Haaland, which was scary. And the only manager not to own him, obviously. Um, but then you're oh, there with 55% mm. template rating. Yeah. I mean, the trouble is, mm. is that our template ratings are going to go up because it is the template players that have started the season so strongly. And... You know, Late Riser did post something, which was, you know, opportunity is, is sometimes just accepting there isn't any. And I, I thought that was quite yeah, a yeah. good, I thought that was quite yeah. a good quote because I look uh, around uh, and I, it's hard yeah. to spot them, right? Well, I still stand by the fact that Son and Kane game week one was an opportunity. It's yeah. very hard to say that wasn't. It just didn't work out. I don't think you can say, oh, back in Son and Kane, I hope Southampton, they were rampant in home matches towards well, it, the end of last it was, season. It wasn't optimal, was and, it? And Son... I don't think I, I don't I think it's difficult to say that wasn't an opportunity. It was an opportunity, I think. And I decided to take it at the risk of going against Salah and, and Haaland and I paid the price, right? And fair enough. But I don't look back at that and think, oh, what an outlandish risk that was. Because I was back in Son and Kane at home to Southampton. Mm. It just didn't come out, come off. So yeah, I, I think what this shows is just how difficult it is to go against a template and get success early on. Um you know, clearly we've gone against a template, you quite considerably, um, and we've uh, we've struggled as a result. But that's not to say that will continue. Um, it will only take Son to get a couple of goals as my captain and I will suddenly shoot up. But that's got to happen first. And yeah. will it? I don't know. See. Well, I've, I've had my De Bruyne moment. So yeah, hopefully your, your Son moment is... Mm. It's coming. Uh, but yeah, we'll keep our eye on this um, as we do. If you uh, like this kind of stuff as well, check out Greyhead's articles over on Scout as well. It is a weekly um, update on all this. There's not much to talk about. Everyone's got the same bloody team, is there? So probably a rubbish article. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. No, it's Greyhead's fine. very good. Uh, let's get into some data then. Let's have a quick look at the fixture ticker. My boys, Brian, we're at the top. We've got a great run of six games up until game week eight. Uh, Brentford mm. creeping in um, as well. Investment in in some of their assets now. De Silva really popular uh, because of this Bailey 
no-show, which is mm. about the most predictable thing that's ever happened in FPL, I think. Bailey getting one game, Gerard talking him up and then being dropped in game week two. That is just classic FPL, isn't it? It is. And I, I kind of like, you know, while I, I could beat myself up about Son and and not going Haaland, there are others who went Neto and Bailey are now having to get rid of them. So that not not mistakes on the same scale, you could say, as not going Salah perhaps, but still mistakes. I mean, like no one... No, very few FBL managers have started the season with an immaculate team who and don't have any issues. So I don't have the Bailey Neto problem. So you know, so I don't need to worry about that. I instead I have to worry about not having Jesus and Salah, <laughs> which is probably more damaging. But <laughs> even so, I think yeah, it was it was something I thought would would happen. And I think you know when you're when you're looking at lessons learned for the season, um, Bailey was was was. Was was touted by some as a trap, and it's turned out to be that way. Um, and Neto starts. Neto's playing well, but you know it's just yeah, Neto's playing well, but just not in a team that has massive attacking output. So um, that yeah, that's been the concern with Neto. So yeah, I mean, I think the ticker's quite interesting now with Brighton and Brentford where they are because I think Brentford in particular have got a very strong run from now until till about game week. 16, 17, as of Chelsea. So there is there is actually like a mini swing in terms of the fixture difficulties now. Um, it's not just short-term for Brentford, it's long-term. And Chelsea as well, who are fifth on the ticker here. They play Liverpool game week eight, but I think Liverpool game week eight is their only tough fixture now between now and game week 17, which is when, obviously, we can refresh our team. So, yeah, the, the ticker's suddenly becoming a bit more significant because teams are beginning to emerge that are real options for mixing our, t- our squads up. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you look at Villa right down the bottom um, as well, second from bottom, Wolves right down the bottom as well, Newcastle, you know, there's been investment in Trippier and Gamires, even some people with, with Wilson. You know, even Fulham right down there. I mean, people have already obviously bought Mitrovic after game week one. He's now missed a penalty. Poor old Ed, mm. while carding in Nunes and, and Mitrovic. I mean, what can you can it happen was, to Ed, can't it? It's, yeah, it was hasty, wasn't it? But, you know, punished, again, extreme, wasn't it? The Darwin red card, really. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, we, if we're talking about opportunity, I think, you know, you mentioned Chelsea. I think Chelsea are a team that presents opportunity because mm. I thought they were, they were excellent against Spurs. Uh, didn't deserve to draw that game at all you know, the worry is they haven't got that striker and who's going to convert. But I look at I look at Leeds, Leicester and Southampton and think, okay, this is three poor defensive sides, all who will come out and attack yeah. them. Mount's going to have more space. Sterling's going to be able to get in behind the defence. James is going to be able to bomb forward. You know, Cucurella we're talking about. I think from an attacking sense, the next three games for Chelsea are, are excellent. So yeah, be interesting to know if some of those those players can kind of come into our in, the, in our thinking. Yeah, I mean, certainly looking at this ticker, it played into my thinking, not just the next six, but um, for for the players that I bought in on my transfers, spoiler, I've made two transfers, um, the fixtures from now going forward were a factor in that. So I think definitely is worth looking at the ticker at the moment because there's a few things popping out. Yeah. Excellent. All right, let's take a look at some data, our big sample size data. It'd be nice when I can stop saying that. How many, how many weeks do we need before I can stop saying that? Six? Four? Maybe four. four. Okay. I think you can get away with four. Two home, two away. We might start seeing patterns in. I think, you know, even four or five game weeks in, we've got to look at who those teams played because that mm. will skew the data. And it certainly does skew it at the moment. Um, but, I, you know, I, the, the the title of the show is Guns Blazing and that's reflected in the fact that Arsenal are, at the moment, have been the best attacking team so far this season. 1.98 XG non-penalty per 90. And they were very impressive against Leicester for long, long periods of the game. Leicester actually kind of made a game of it scoreline-wise, but actually possession-wise and chances-wise, Arsenal absolutely yeah. dominated that. Well, they, they did. And I think they've, they've just got a, an attack that knows how to play with each other. You know, Odegaard pulling the strings, Marcelli. I mean, Saka's been, been disappointing, like you mentioned. I think he's had to compensate a bit for Ben White at, at right-back because, I mean, he's not a natural right back right he, he wants to play at centre back so you would think with, with Tommy Asu coming back in the side that more natural you know, right side is, is gonna, you know, there's going to be more attack. there's no point in building an attack from Ben White down the right not when you've got Zinchenko mm, down the left yeah. so I think that's probably what's, what's impacted um, Saka but yeah certainly I mean Martinelli just you know at 6.2 million or whatever 6.3 it's, it's just incredible value with the fixtures Arsenal have got Gabriel Jesus 
you're going to continue to go without him. It's, yeah, it's it's tricky. It's a tricky one. I mean, I wouldn't have gone there if, if you know, if there'd been probably a, another striker or maybe even if I'd gone with Haaland. So I feel a bit lucky that I'm I'm actually on the, on the chase who's trained because I was mm. kind of knocking him, um, you know, uh, pre-season. Some of, the other play- some of the other teams, I mean, you've got City there in second. I mean, no surprise. You probably would have expected them to be top, right? Because Palace and Leicester wasn't the easiest two games on paper for, for Arsenal. Whereas City have obviously had Bournemouth. Um, so, yeah, that just shows how, how high Arsenal are. Liverpool in third. So even though their attack seems to be struggling a little bit, they're still creating um, chances. I mean, they've got Brentford. I mean, there was a lot of talk about Brentford going into this season. Concerns mm. about you know, whether they would have options for us and if they'd struggle this season with the second season and all that. But my God, they were good against United, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, basically, we I think I said to Andy, wasn't I? I don't, I don't think United or Ten Hag will know what to expect from Brentford. And that's the thing, right? It, Ten Hag's obviously would have seen plenty of Premier League football, but you can have a plan, but when you're smacked in the face, it suddenly goes out the window, as Tyson said, and and they Brentford smacked him in the face quite early on, didn't they, with a couple of goals, and they couldn't cope. I mean, I think if Ten Hag was Ten Hag knew what Brentford were going to deliver, he wouldn't have mm. started Martinez. I mean, we everyone was calling it. Everyone was calling it. Well, Brentford are going to target him. Brentford are going to target them at set plays, and they're going to target him at open play. Tony's going to be all over him and bully them, and he did. That's that. You know, it was like the the. The third goal was it when Tony got free on the far post, nodded it across, and me just out muscled Martinez on the far post. It's like I felt for them, but, but it's naive, isn't it? It's naive of Ten Hag to go into the game and not expect exactly that, because everyone, us, and any any I know. No, f- football experts, not not us, but people who do this for a living, were saying that 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 could happen, and yet. We watched it unfold as if Ten Hag was completely oblivious to the risk of it. I don't. I didn't get it really. I didn't. It's, I didn't it's, it's like the United players show something completely different in training to what everyone else is seeing on the pitch. Because I'm amazed that you know two thirds of these players are even in the starting lineup. I, I, I would. Th- I would have thought by now Ten Hag would be like, look, none of these players are good enough. Surely we've got better players in the academy, or, or just anyone that can come in and, and do a job. Yeah. Here. But I mean, he doesn't trust. I mean, like Ilanga hasn't hasn't had a, had a chance to impress. I mean, Varane was was on the bench. You know, I just you know they've let Henderson go out. They're, they're selling Garner, aren't they? Who's yeah. by all accounts is is a is a decent prospect. Like I, I don't know. But, but just... the thing is, I think you know those individuals they're playing are good players, but as a team, it's not there, mm. and 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 the spirit isn't in the camp at all, is it? The the spirit is broken. The confidence isn't there. And there's no leaders on the pitch. I don't. I, Maguire doesn't seem to be able to act as a leader to pull that team together. They look around at each other, and no one's really taking responsibility to to carry them through games. And Ten Hag doesn't yet seem to be able to provide that from the touchline either. He, he looked lost. He, he he looked like. I think the most notable thing for me was 25 minutes in. Drinks break, Brentford are 2 0 up, and Frank's already on the pitch with the tactics board. Ten Hag looked around and said, Oh, is it a drinks break? And he had to get, it's like he was taken by surprise by mm. it. And his team are 2 0 down. You'd think he'd be looking at his watch going, Right, as soon as there's a drinks break, I'm on there mm. telling them what to do. He was like, Oh, oh, okay. It was like, What's going on here? Why isn't he absolutely desperate <laughs> to get, and get laid into them? And it's worrying for them, I think, that, you know, because he doesn't look like, he looks like he's out of his depth already. And that's, you know, I know this is a hot take, but it doesn't look good at the moment. What, what I just can't understand is you've got players like, in international players, De Gea, Martinez, Maguire, Shaw, you know, a, a midfield. Like the whole team is, is stacked with experience, really. But like Gary Neville said, they just cannot handle being pressed, even for a second, and they just completely lose their minds. <laughs> and mm. they're, they're trying to play out from the back, which is absolutely ridiculous. Everyone knows De Gea can't play out from the back. Yeah, they're making yeah. mistakes. Yeah. They can't pass it properly. They've got no confidence in the final third. Yeah. Anyway, we're not going to turn this into a whole Man United podcast. No, but, but I, I mean, at the, the moment, at the moment, any team that plays Man United are going to be skewed in this data, aren't they? Well, absolutely. But, I mean, Bright, Brighton are at the bottom. They played them early on, but, of you know, the XG is not great for Brighton. That, was, that quite surprised that me. That surprised um, me as well. I was, I was about to, I mean, the, the, actually, the, the bottom three teams all surprised me. Fulham at the bottom, given what mm. we saw from them in the, in the championship last season, we thought they'd be a probably maybe come into the season quite naive and be really attacking and, and you know, mm. in, in bad at the port at the back. 
It's been kind of the opposite. Um, Leicester as well. We know they've had defensive problems, but they're really struggling in attack again this season. Mm. And Brighton, top, Brighton at bottom by quite some distance as well. 0.36 XG um, non-penalty per 90. That's some way off Leicester in 19th at 0.54. So people investing in, in Gross and Welbeck and, and these guys, we're not really creating a lot, which again is, is surprising. Well, they're not creating a lot of... of, of um... Of quality chances, no. Mm. And chance for 95 is the lowest, right? So, um, yeah, it is. I mean, we don't expect Brighton to be a massive attacking force, even, you know, as the season progresses. But it's quite surprising to see them down the bottom. West Ham, 0.98, but then they played City. It, it, you know, you can't read too much into data yet. It's going to take another three or four weeks before we can start drawing conclusions. And like I said, anyone playing United at the moment are getting skewed somewhat. But I, I think the, the biggest takeaway is Arsenal and, and the start they've made. Um, from what I can see there, it, it's obvious that you need to be on at least one, if not two, of their attackers. There's a few people in the chat saying the Brighton data might not be right because it's different on on Fbreath. Oh, okay. Well, I took it off a of scout, so <laughs> we should have checked that before we went on there. Yeah, but, I mean, know, it, it, I, it doesn't look right to me. So it, it, it does. It does seem like I'll, I'll check that and then put a, a message in. Yeah, the it looks like that could just if that's from the United game, it looks odd. But I don't see how it could be wrong because it's taken from the same table. No. But no, no, we'll see. We'll, we'll check that anyway. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, let's look at defence then um, City oh my god I mean you look at City's defensive numbers even in the first two games I mean okay they yeah. played Bournemouth in the first game but you know West Ham uh, sorry played Bournemouth in the second game they played West Ham in the first game I mean they're just they're, they're expected to what concede a goal every three games at the moment if, if it carries on if you know if that they, they haven't looked troubled at all um, they're just relentless but Wolves in second as well um, mm. surprised they've gone back to last year where they looked like a decent side um, in the opening few games but not exactly very inspiring but then it's surprising to see Liverpool in third as well the, mm. the, these defensive numbers are, are quite interesting because Liverpool have looked ropey to me but you know apart from City Wolves and Liverpool being second and third yeah. the, the, the quality of chance they conceded against the pass wasn't I mean, it's brilliantly taken goal it wasn't an easy chance by any means was it so again even though they've conceded um, against Palace, I think that was a low XG, very low XG goal. And they didn't, you know, they didn't concede too many big chances to, or no big chances, I don't believe, to to, to Palace in that game. The Mitrovic chance uh, in the first game was, was probably a bad goal to concede. And the second one was a penalty. So non-penalty XG is not going to be affected by that. So you can see why that way. Wolves have played, you know, they, they played average teams so far, haven't they? They played Leeds and Fulham. So I don't think we can read too much into that. City are where they, you expect them to be. They're going to be there all season. Um, Brentford have had a good start. Brentford and Brighton are probably, yeah. they could threaten to stay there, I think. Um, when you look at that top five, Brentford, Brighton, Arsenal, Chelsea, Newcastle, Tottenham, those teams are going to move around in that area, but they're probably going to stay in that top 10, those teams, I imagine, yeah. as the season progresses. Yeah. Um, and Leicester, we saw last season, how vulnerable they're. Oh my I mean, God. They're, again, I think it's, um, I think, 2.0 XG from set pieces this season already. The worst team from set pieces after two games. We saw it last season. We we speculated as to whether they might improve that over the summer. Losing Smichael hasn't helped, but they don't seem to have done. So that banking against a set piece goal against Leicester is probably still on the cards, right, for us this season. Yeah, and I mean, it, it looks like they're going to lose Fafana, right? Because these rumours aren't moving away from from Chelsea. I don't think they're going to... If they're offering 70 million, I don't think they're going to balk at 80 or 85 or whatever Leicester want. And no. they don't seem a million miles off in terms of valuation. I mean, so 
he's going to he leave. waved goodbye he waved goodbye to the Leicester fans at Arsenal right mm. so he's, he's, in his head he's gone he yeah. can't I mean I don't know if he'll play at the weekend will he you, you, you can't go and wave goodbye to the set of fans and then turn up and play the next game sure it must feel a bit awkward if he does because wow. he literally has said yeah. goodbye Yeah. so he, in his head that was his last game for Leicester so is he going to start at the weekend I I don't know, maybe he will, but it'll be a bit odd. It's like, imagine going into work and saying, clearing your desk and going, see you, see you, nice to know you, and then turning up Monday. Sheepishly I mean, coming back. <laughs> yeah, that's effectively what he's got to do. Bit odd. Bit well, odd. It's, it's even worse than that. It's like going into your office and being like, right, see you, I'm off to another company, I've had a massive pay rise. Yeah. You're all losers. See you later, going to be bottom of the league. I don't think Fafana would have done that, yeah, but, be. you know, he might have done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that the, would be that's bad. The, that's the vibes. Yeah. That's the vibes it, it gives off. Yeah. But, I mean, Rogers has got to sort this out, right? Because, I mean, it's it's... You know, it's a draw against Brentford, a game they, they would have expected to have won. It's now a, a, a heavy loss against against Arsenal. Oh, yeah. Bottom yeah. of these, both these charts for attacking and defensive data, players being sold. I mean, I guess the owners, if they're selling players and not investing, what, what do you expect? What do you expect to happen? But yeah, and, and, and Rogers has got a very difficult job here because he's now losing key men. And, and Madison's going to be a target in January, isn't he? If he doesn't, yeah. he holds on to him now. If, you know, they're going to be mid-table to the, to some or maybe in the lower half and people are going to come after Madison in January um, you know Rogers has suddenly gone from managing a team threatening the top four to now managing a team who, who've probably got to stave off getting embroiled in the bottom six mm. which yeah is a bit of a bit of a come down isn't it yeah so, absolutely mm. Uh, some of the other teams to to target. I mean, uh, XG conceded on penalty nightly of you know kind of anything over what one point five is heading towards nearly two goals a, a game. Uh, you've got Leeds in that category. United, Everton, uh, Nottingham Forest. I'm afraid to say, and and Southampton. Let's talk about Forest quickly. I mean, you were at the game. What, what did you make of it? Mm. First home game of the yeah, season. We, Must have been. We were very. We were very fortunate. Yeah, I mean, I think what was encouraging for me is that we gelled quite quickly as a team. The spirits there already. They're all fighting for each other. It. For me, it was like watching a team that were in the bottom three with three games to go. That was the spirit we were showing. We were like, everyone was fighting for each other. The crowd was right behind them and pushing them through and being the 12th man. And yet it was the first home game in the season. So if we can keep that spirit up and add quality, which we have done already, you know, there's Dennis and Froiler coming in already. And Froiler's like a Serie A veteran. Dennis, we saw do do bits for Watford last season. He'll be in a better team this time. I think we'll be all right. I think we'll be all right. Um, yeah, defensively, there's there's some issues, but Henderson is superb. I mean, like he's got to be in the top three or four keepers in the league. I mm. think from what I've seen so far, he he just looks so confident, and that confidence just spreads itself to the to defence. So I, I'm, I'm encouraged. Oh. Yeah, it couldn't have been many different, could it? I don't want to talk about United again, but it oh, was no. ironic, wasn't it, in the weekend that De Gea yeah. had an awful game that Henderson did what he did. Um, it was in the stars, wasn't it? But yeah, he's not going back. He's signing. Yeah, He's not going back. He's, yeah. he's, he, he's burnt his bridges and they're looking at Melier now, aren't they, as a long-term target. Yeah. So um, I fully expect us to sign him. I, it, it just wasn't done as part of the loan deal, but I imagine mm. he's kind of, an unwritten thing that he'll sign for Forest at the end of the season, I expect. I'm very happy if that happens. Yeah, I mean, Nottingham Forest seems to be kind of the odd one out of, of this lot. You know, you've got Leeds, Everton, United, Southampton, Leicester. They are teams that I would be looking to to target. Fulham, I thought would be in that bracket, but I think I've been quite impressed with with their shape and, and their players and their energy and their pressing and all that kind of stuff. But mm. it doesn't really look... I mean, Forest, after the first game, they looked like they were there for the taking. But it, it they, okay, you did ride your luck against West Ham, but I think overall it was still a good... It's still a good performance. I mean, I look at Everton, though, and I just I just can't see a way in which... I mean, there's talks that, that Gordon's going to leave now to Chelsea. They still mm. haven't signed a, a striker. You know, none of them's come in. I mean, Onana, what's his name? Is good player. Looks a good head. player. Looks good. Looks Absolutely. a good player, yeah. Yeah he, yeah, he does look good. But is it enough just for one one big signing like that? We'll see. Forrest have got Everton. Big game. Yeah, it's a big, it'll be a real test. That that will tell us where we are at the moment when we go to Goodison because um, their fans will be right behind them. But I think we'll go confident. I think we might might get something out of that game. We'll see. So yeah, it's too early to judge, but I think we can see that Everton will be down there. Southampton will be down there. Forest will be down there. Hmm. Leicester could be if they lose for Farner. Um, and they don't start scoring goals, then yeah, they could be down there. I think they've got enough to get out of out of that kind of 
relegation scrap and work their way up this table, but we'll have to see. Bournemouth are quite impressive in 12th. Uh, XG exceeded non pen per night of 1.21. They've played Villa, which everyone thought they'd lose. They played City, which everyone thought they'd get mm. absolutely smashed in. I thought they gave a good account of themselves against City um, yep. as well. When we talked about the low block and, and that kind of thing, but in the end, City were too good as they will be. But, you know, but again, it's, they weren't um, mauled. It's Arsenal this weekend, so it'll be really interesting what they do with that because, mm. you know, Arsenal were the form attack and how they handled Jesus, they managed to get stave off Haaland. Um, can they do the same with Jesus? It'd be a really interesting game, that I think, one to one. Well, yeah, as the weeks go by, surprise, surprise, we'll learn more, won't we? Yeah. And yeah, that is definitely a game to look at and see, okay, is the Bournemouth defence more resolute than we expected? Uh, and is the Arsenal attack the real deal? I, I think, yeah. I'll go with the latter rather yep. than the former. Yeah. Uh, one thing we do know, uh, going back to Liverpool, um, whose defensive number is 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 decent. But one thing we do know is that Thiago is going to be out for a while. So I just did a bit of digging mm. into how Liverpool performed last season uh, without him. Um, so this is kind of what I what I had a look at. So um, in the games in which Thiago played more than forty five minutes, there were sixteen games. They won fourteen, drew two, lost zero. Not bad. Not a bad record. 88% win rate, average points, 2.75. They kept 12 clean sheets out of those 14 wins. So in total, they had a clean sheet percentage of 75% when Thiago played. Now without him, so when he played less than 45, so either he didn't start or he came off the bench, um, they played 22, so more games than without him than with. They won 14 games, the same. They drew six though, so they, they drew four more games. They lost two, so their win percentage fell to 64%. Average points of 2.29. But here's what I thought was the most interesting bit. They only kept nine clean sheets, which is a clean sheet percentage of 41%, down from 75%. So not only were they, you know, drawing more and not getting that kind of killer goal, but they just weren't keeping those clean sheets without him. I mean, he is... I was a bit kind of... When he first signed and I watched the first half of the season, I wasn't too overly enamoured with him. It was kind of sideways passing and that kind of stuff. But when you actually realise the control and the influence that he has on everything that Liverpool do in that midfield, it's a big, big loss for him. We've both got Robertson, or we both had Robertson. Does something like this make you question that? Yeah, I, I, I guess they, they, they're not as able to control games as much without Thiago. He's not, he's not a protective shield for the defence by any means, but I guess he does reduce their ability to control games mm. um, with possession um, because he's probably their best player in possession. I think he is, right? So I guess what he brings to the team is that level of control um, that without him, you know, Henderson, Elliot, Milner are a decent level, but they're not, you know, in terms of ball retention and passing ability, vision, uh, dribbling ability, Thiago's better than any of those three, I would say. Um, I don't think many would contest that. So I guess that's what they're going to miss. And they haven't really got a like for like. Elliot's a smart player, young up and coming player, but he'll have, he's, he's going to be inconsistent and he's not got that quality that Thiago can bring yet. Um, but I think he's done well. But yeah, they're going to miss him. There's no doubt. And it's interesting because when he first arrived, he, it, you were picking on him quite a lot and saying mm. that, you know, he, he was slowing them down a bit. Um, obviously, they've got used to what he brings now and, and he is integral. Uh, and these numbers kind of show that. And it's a, it's a, he's out for like another four weeks, isn't he, at least, mm. is what they're saying. So, yeah, it, it's going to impact at both ends of the pitch by the looks of it. Um, it's not the reason that I got sold Robertson, but looking at that, it kind of indicates that it's another factor that could contribute to Liverpool conceding goals over the next few games still. So, we'll see. I mean, United, have United got it in them to score against Liverpool? You kind of doubt it, but mm. Liverpool will probably give up chances as whether United are going to have the confidence and players in place to take them. So, yeah, who scores for United at the moment? Difficult to say, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Ronaldo's Instagram messages about, you know, he's going to release the truth and all that kind of stuff. I right. mean, if, nice. if, yeah, I know. But he said, like, oh, I'll do it in two weeks. And it's like, why? Right. <laughs> After the transfer window, I guess. Like yeah. and subscribe for more. Yeah, it almost is a bit yeah. like that. But I mean, that, that's the question, right? I mean, if, if United are going to harm Liverpool, they, they have to win that kind of midfield battle and they have a better chance of doing that without Thiago oh, yeah. in the yeah. side. Um, Matic's it, it, it out could... as well, which is, which is another, yeah, I mean, another Matic, big player Matic, for them. 
is the big blow. I mean, Gomez, even now, if he's fit, Gomez, you know, alongside Van Dijk, didn't look great before uh, when they had the injuries at the back previously and when Phillips came to the fore a bit as a replacement. Well, he got got injured, to be fair, Gomez. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. even when he was fit, I don't think he is yeah, lost as it, natural alongside mm. uh, Van Dijk as Matip. Matip has kind of you know, been been superb, really. I mean, in many ways, he's he's outshone Van Dijk in some matches um, in terms of being the steadying influence and bringing the ball out of defence. So he's going to be massively missed as well. So yeah, United they might be playing United, but they're going into that game with some problems, and they're you know we're not totally convinced by them either defensively or in attack at the moment well, aren't I, we? so, I, I don't I don't think they have a huge amount of depth you know they they, they obviously do for those front three positions Diaz, Jota, mm. Firmino all of that but you look at the midfield and you take Thiago out of that and I mean they'd have Chamberlain if he was fit Thiago Fabinho Henderson's getting on a bit now he's not the same engine that he was a couple of years ago you know Elliot okay he, he looks good but still still a young player uh, Milner, I mean, Milner shouldn't be starting for Liverpool um, <laughs> anymore. I mean, come on, he's he's a utility player at, at best for like the mm. the Carabao Cup or whatever. But I, I think I think they have weaknesses, and I look at them in defence as well. And I mean, you know, Phillips starting. I mean, Phillips isn't a. I know he does a good job of Liverpool. And he's a bit of a fan favourite, but he's a lower Premier League defender. Let's let's be real. He, again, he shouldn't be starting for Liverpool if they have hopes of challenging for the mm. for the Premier League. And they've got Gomez there. Well, he, he's out of favour. You know, Canate's injured as well. I, I think I, I think Liverpool, are go- I, I had just, I had, you know, I had Trent Robertson and, and Salah in my team and I wasn't going to touch those. They were just the locks, you know, for the whole season. That's mm. great. But I don't think we can we can look at them like that. Not with these injuries, because we've seen them with injuries before, and we know what happened. They had a really really tough yeah. season. It, it could be the makings of, of that happening again. Yeah, I I think when they've got a significant injury in the back four, it stabilizes the whole team. Mm. And Matip is more integral than we perhaps thought. You know, you look at that back three and think, okay, out of the out of the back four, rather Robertson, Trent, uh, Robertson, Trent, Van Dyke, and Matip. You, if you had to choose one to lose, you probably would say Matip. But by the looks of it, that is a significant loss. So we'll have to see. I mean, I don't think they'll be troubled too much by United, but we'll have, we'll have to see what comes out of it. I mean, I don't think he's out for too long. I think one of Canate or him could be back within weeks and then it'll, it'll be okay. So it's not like the long-term issues they had the season before last. Yeah. But no need to panic. But this is interesting stuff. I mean, Thiago yeah. is going to be out for another month at least. So we'll see what impact that has. I mean, the, they've, they've got a while to go, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, the, the worst thing that could happen would be losing Fabinho because if they lose him, yeah. he's he is that kind of anchor, that that control, and he's so vital. So mm. if he goes, I mean, where's Cater these days? He's just he's never really stepped mm. up, has he? I, I I think he's they've got a lot of players that I think they could lose from this squad, and I I, I think they need some investment actually. Liverpool, um, Cham- Chamberlain and Cater and players like that haven't really reached the level that no. they were expecting. There's quite to. a few of them. There's quite a few of them when you look through. Mm. Be to see what happens. Um, let's have a look positions then. Let's go through these positions uh, quickly. Now we've got a, a couple of weeks of data uh, just to show the baseline bonus. This is a great measure of of keepers. Um, it's the the keepers with the highest baseline bonus per ninety tend to be the best goalkeepers. And look at that. It's your boy Dean Henderson right at the top. Based on bonus mm. per 90 of 21.0. He's doing all the right things, right? He's made the most recoveries um, of all goalkeepers. He's made the most saves of all goalkeepers, even saving a penalty as well. It's 4.5 million. If you were wildcarding, would he be the one you'd go for? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. But I mean, like, Forrest will get better defensively as well, but he's going to make plenty of saves, I think. And um, he's just... He hasn't really got a flaw. His distribution's good as well. I mean, I think his distribution was excellent the weekend. So he, he's he's all round at four or five for me, looking the best option now. I, I said at the start of the season, it would take a few weeks for the best four or five to emerge. Raya will push him and he started well as well. Um, but I just, I think I favour Henderson. The only thing going against Henderson is Nico Williams, who's also excellent, right? So... If you've got Williams, you're probably not going to go Henderson as well. But when you when you want to play Williams, you won't That's you true. won't want that double up. So yeah. Raya will probably be the most popular four or five still. But I I if I was going five at the back and I wasn't having Nico, I would definitely go Henderson. I think. Yeah. So, yeah. 
What about Ramsdale? I mean, Ramsdale's uh, right down there. Base on Bones United, not great. He's ex mm. goal, uh, expected goals prevented, minus 1.2. That's a bit worrying given that's where he kind of was, you know, in the back end of, of last season. I mean, you weren't his biggest fan last year <laughs> for FPL reasons. Yeah. You got him in your team. Are you a bit unsure about that? I mean, because I've, I've been worried. able to go for Zinchenko, for example, which you can't do because if you've got yeah. Ramsdale. I'm worried by a couple of things from the Leicester game. I mean, he rushed out and, yeah, he didn't make enough contact with Vardy and he got away with a penalty. But then he conceded the second goal through his leg, which, okay, it's a decent strike by Madison, but he shouldn't be. It was quite a distance from the, from the sh- shooter, wasn't he, Ramsdale? He, he really should have not let that in. Um, I think most keepers would, looking back, be disappointed with that mm. and probably him included. Um I'm going to hold him because it's probably not going to be to my wild card that I make a keeper change. But um, I'm not convinced that he's not going to make an error a game and then concede some silly goals. So, it's, yeah, it's early days. He did well at Palace. He made, he had that one-on-one chance for Meze and he saved it well. He looked convincing in that mm. game, but I think the Leicester game, he looked a bit shaky. So, Drew is out. He's got that in him, hasn't he? He's got that mistake in him. He has. He's going back to Bournemouth, his former club, so he'll have a point to prove. I'd like to think I'll get a clean sheet out of that game, but we'll see. Yep. Excellent. Uh, who have I got? A oh, Ward. Where's Ward on this list? <laughs> uh, there he is, 16th. Down. Oh, 16th. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Minus uh, 1.30, so some of the worst expected goal prevented in yep. there. Yeah, but you know. I mean, you get million, what you pay for. million less than Ramsdale. Yeah. Only five points yeah. between them. <laughs> Maybe yeah, Look before. at De Gea down there. Look yeah, at De Gea, oh, minus 2.10. Is that... That is the worst. Yeah, of course it is. It's the no, worst. No, it's not. There's, there's Bazunu, two point minus two point six. Ah, uh, okay. Well, you're absolutely right. Okay. Mm. He, yeah, I mean he's a young and experienced former city keeper, whereas De Gea is a Spanish veteran international. So yeah. I'll give Bazunu <laughs> a bit of slack. Yeah, yeah very highly rated yeah. Bazunu. All the Southampton fans I speak mm. to say he's great, but hasn't really. Mm. shown it yet needs time yeah and a yeah. difficult club to to be a goalkeeper at because they're going to get peppered um, let's take a look at defenders then uh, Perisic at the top I sense that he's going to remain at the top for quite a lot of this season which is going to constantly make me think that I don't, shouldn't sell him and then I never will and then he'll never play and I'll never get any points um, obviously this day is a bit skewed because he's only played for 37 minutes but he came on and kind yeah. of got the assist I mean, when you go down the list, it's all the kind of familiar names. I mean, it's Trent next, uh, 0.58, expected goal involvement non penalty per 90. So you're basically going to get something from Trent every two games-ish, um, at least, according to this data. Reese is next, Reese James in third, 0.52 um, as well. Uh, actually, no Cancelo. Where is Cancelo on this list? He's 39th. Not, 39th, look at that. Right the way down. So I, I'd say familiar mm. names, but Robertson in 35th and Cancelo in 39th. That's not where I thought those two would be after these two games. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because although it's early days, you you look at Trent and Jake Reese James at the top and Sessegnon, you know, and, and Perisic. So basically, the Spurs wing backs, Alexander Arnold and James, they'll be there all season. Whoever is the Spurs wing backs of choice and James and Trent will be at the top of this table. But you'd expect Cancelo and Robertson to be a lot higher for similar reasons because they, they were strong last season they were both in the top 10 last season but for um, XG non-penalty per 90 but it's not it's not happened yet but you know uh, Cancelo's been fantastic still he might not have created too much in terms of chances but um, so he's, he's creating one chance per match but in terms of his all-round play he's been excellent and he's been racking up the bonus points as a result of his contribution so we can't complain about Cancelo what do you make about Robertson's performances, though? I mean, like, he, he's being sold a lot. Do you think he's genuinely playing badly? Because I, I I was surprised he was taken off. Simicast was awful when he came on. So I don't, I don't think there's any risk in Robertson's level of performance. It's more about Liverpool likely can see goals and then perhaps the, the value isn't there. Is that how you see it as well? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've got a we've got a table here just looking at Robertson, Trent and, and Rhys James um, and kind of how they've gotten over, over the first two games. I mean, what I've seen from Robertson that I saw in the Community Shield was a player who's playing really high up the pitch, getting into the penalty area um, quite a lot. He's had the most touches in the box of all three um, of these players, but he's not shooting. He's not creating chances. His XGI is, is terrible, really, 0.10. 0.10 compared to the others. Um, you know, Trent 0.58, uh, James 0.52, mm. as I mentioned. And 
it was it's concerning because of the clean sheets and, and Matip being out and Thiago as well. So you're kind of losing that safety blanket a little bit if, if Liverpool are going to be going to be a bit leaky. You need to get those attacking returns from him. And it's always risky to just rely on a defender purely for attacking returns. I did not like him getting subbed for Sibakas. But how did you see that? I can't really understand it. I can't really work it out because they're chasing a game. He was playing very attacking in that game. I didn't think he was having a particularly bad game. I, I, just, I can't, I don't know. I'd like to know what you think. Cause I, 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 I watched it and I, and I Simicas came on and he, and he was awful. Like you said. Yeah. I, I mean the fresh legs, obviously. Uh, fresh and legs though, in game week two, he kept, cause he yeah, came off pretty I quickly, mean, didn't he? After the sending off. When, when a, when a team's down to 10 men, you want as much energy around them as you can to kind of make the most of that extra man, don't you? So I guess he felt Simicas could bring that. And to be fair, Simicas's data when he plays is really strong. Um, Arguably, perhaps Klopp feels, feels that Simakas is better in the final third than Robertson. You can mm. make an argument for that. Robertson's not... The difference between Robertson and Reese James is when Reese James gets in the final third or when Reese James has a touch in the box, there's more likely he's going to make it tell. He's a better crosser and he's he takes chances. Whereas Robertson, his crossing's okay and he's playing in the team with Trent Alexander-Arnold, so you're not going to look that great, are you, compared to him? But I do think James is a better deliverer of a final ball mm. and I think James is better at taking chances than than Robertson. So whether Klopp feels that Semekas could give him a bit more in the final third, maybe, certainly a bit more energy. That's how I saw it. Robertson, has start, I think he started the season well in terms of what he's offered. He's popped up in the box a lot and we talked about it last week, about him being on the far post. He could easily return in the next game and, and you know, the people who show faith get rewarded. But I do think when you compare him to Reese James, given that Chelsea's fixtures are looking very strong, Reese James now looks certain to start either at centre-back or right wing-back. And when he does get forward, he is more effective than Robertson. I don't think you can argue against that. Um, so even if Robertson did have chances, he's not a clinical finisher no. and he's not a deadly deliverer of a final ball, is he? Whereas Reese James is more of both of those things. So, yeah, I, I think it's difficult to make an argument for Robertson versus Reese James at the moment, um, which is why I, that's the move I made. And I don't, I don't feel... You know, I don't feel unhappy about that. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, it's a million difference between Robertson and, and James. It's it's a lot of money. And from what I've seen, I, I think Robertson is going to be a good player. And I, I, I'm not saying, you know, we need to sell him. But I think there's enough things to indicate that it could be a bit tricky for Liverpool, at least initially, with, with Thiago Matip out defensively. He's, he, you know, I think it's just shown that he is capable of being subbed if things aren't going their way. And you're not going to see that with, with Trent. You're not going to see that with James. Let's be honest. I mean, no. he's going to get moved around to any position that he can to, to kind of keep mm. him on the pitch. And, you know, for 7 million, you know, as the second most expensive defender alongside Cancelo, he needs to be returning, really. And, yeah, I, I, just, I just don't really see it at the moment. I think when you, when you, can, when you it's just, when it's a straight shootout between Robertson and James, if you've already got James on your side, I don't think taking Robertson out needs to be a priority. But if you haven't got James, like neither of us did, yeah. I, think, I think it's just quite an easy move, to be honest. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've done that. Um, let's take a look at some of the other defenders. I mean, I've also put in Zinchenko uh, this week. Um, he's eighth on the list. Uh, it's with a goal of a non-penny uh, per 90 of 0.28. His heat map is outrageous. I haven't got a graphic on mm. it, but he really is playing in that kind of Cancelo-light role from, you know, Pep days, where he's, he's just camped sort of just outside of the penalty area, really high up on the pitch. It's, it's really kind of encouraging to see. I mean, what do you make of him with, with Tierney now back? And, you know, uh, um, you know is he going to get into move into midfield now? Chaka's scored and is playing well. Well, that's it, isn't it? That's, mm. the, that's the thing. Um, I, mean, I know Arsenal fans still consider Tierney to be a better left-back. So if Arteta also feels that way, you've got to think that Zinchenko will be will move and make way. And I don't think they bought Zinchenko as a left-back. I, I, you know, he, 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 Arteta was talking a lot about his versatility, and we know that Zinchenko wants to play in midfield. Right? He's expressed that before. It's where he plays for his, his international football. The trouble is, Xhaka has started the season really well, because that's the obvious berth, I think. You might have noticed Xhaka's actually getting forward a lot more. That role is Taylor May for Zinchenko, you know, who can offer a bit of quality in the final third as well. Jack has actually taken his chance low in that role, got forward a lot, got a goal, and been a factor in their attack. Um, 
So I think it's difficult to see him dropping Jacob at the moment, but I think that's the position for Zinchenko eventually. Mm. It's just, does he wait? Does he keep Zinchenko in the team and then wait to make the switch with Xhaka before he brings Tierney in? Or does Zinchenko get benched? I don't think Zinchenko is benched. I think you're all right. But I think it's not long before we end up seeing him displaced at left back and then that can make way. And that, I mean, that's the hope. That's the hope yeah. is, the, is that Zinchenko moves into the midfield role. I, I, I just, I thought about it for a while because obviously I was looking at Cucurella who, who's on this list as well. He's in 12. Um, he's on set pieces and, and got the assist. And they're kind of both... I think Sinchenko is more nailed than Kukurella, particularly if, if Fafana comes in. But there's still some element of doubt around both, both about both players. But Kukurella mm. particularly is is a much cheaper alternative to James or a decent sort of pairing alongside him. Sinchenko is one of the cheaper options at, at Arsenal because there's no one at, at five five. Um, I mean, what do you make of Kukurella? Because he's being bought by a lot of people. I'm more wary of him than than I am Sinchenko, which is why I went for Sinchenko around the same price. Yeah, I guess I mean, Chill was always going to be there as a factor. And if they do get Fafana, which looks likely, then there, there could be rotation in the in the back three. Um, I think Cucurella will start most games, though. Um, Zinchenko will probably offer a bit more going forward because I don't. I think Cucurella will play most games left centre-back and Chilwell will get some matches. Uh, I don't know, it's hard to say at the moment how that's going to shape up. It's interesting. In, I mean, he's making noises as if Chilwell's not fit and yet Chilwell started at Everton. Yeah. And declared himself fit for that game and played, won the penalty, and then suddenly all of a sudden he's out the team and Cucurella's straight in and and Tuchel's talking about Chilwell not being ready. It's like, well, if he wasn't ready, why did he play at Everton? I mean, a bit odd. Um, so I don't know whether they assessed his performance at, at Everton. Gone, well, you're clearly not fixed. You didn't do the yards. You didn't, you know, it, you know, maybe I didn't look at Chilwell's performance closely in that game. I don't know whether they were critical of his performance. And that's why Cucurella came straight in and Chilwell get dropped. Hmm. Um, maybe that was the case. So maybe Chilwell's going to be out a while because if there's one thing managers don't like, it's players saying, yeah, I'm fit, I'm ready to play, and then not putting in the, the yards to prove it. And presumably that's what could have happened, right? So I think cucurella has got the role at the moment at left wing back, but is that long term? I don't know, Chilwell's too good, isn't he? And Chilwell's got a World Cup to make for. It would be unfortunate for him if he didn't get that chance to come for that, wouldn't it? I mean, this this is the thing. I think Cucurella is is going to be fifty percent probably giving Thiago Silva a break and fifty percent giving Chilwell a break. Yep. So he's kind of almost yeah. going to be a first team player without actually being a first team player, which is um, which is a bit strange. But yeah, I mean, I I, I do like him. Um, I think unlike James, James, I only want to see it right wing back and and not a right centre back. He still gets forward a bit, but it's, it's a very mm. different thing. Whereas I don't think it really matters with Cucurella. If he's playing at left wing back, obviously he's a better option, but I think he's for five million, even if he's a, a centre back, he's still going to get good value of him. So I definitely don't hate it, but if you were to pick one, Zinchenko and Kukurella, who'd you go for? Yeah. I mean, I've got Ramsdale uh, and I think Gabriel's a factor. Also, I think Zinchenko will eventually become the, the weapon of choice in the Arsenal back line. It's a bit early at the moment because we don't know how it's going to work out, but yeah, I'd probably go Zinchenko because I think I don't want to double on the Chelsea defence and I think James is pretty much, you know, if you're playing a back four or back five, you've probably got to have James. I think particularly looking at like the next three games as well, I think there's more chance of Arsenal clean sheets in those. Chelsea have been, have been good defensively, but they play three attacking sides who are going to have to go at them like we've kind of talked about. So I think there's a good chance of defensive returns for, for Arsenal. Um, let's take a look at midfield. By the way, we've got 2,200 people watching live uh, which is incredible. Um, really amazing. It's, it's, definitely it's going seems, later, you see. Yeah. The, the later we get and the worse our ranks get, the it's, more people what, turn up. That's what people want. No technical issues yet, although I did just have a note, a notice to say that someone's signed into the Zoom account, uh, which is why if anyone's seen me frantically looking anywhere, anywhere oh, elsewhere. But that's what I mean. I don't okay. know what that is. So hmm. whoever's out, whoever's doing it, get off, get off the, the Zoom account. Um, but if you could like the stream, uh, that would be amazing. Uh, we've got 361 likes, which is really good, actually. Uh, 2,000 viewing, though. Um, if you do fancy chucking us a like, then we would really appreciate it. We're trying to head up towards uh, 30,000 subs, aren't we? What are we on now? About 25? It'd be yeah. nice to get the suits out before the end of the season. It would be we? lovely. Yeah, it would be really nice. Slippers in the in the audience there? Uh, giving us yeah. the, uh, the old, nice the old, little donation to the cause. Two Euro Super Chat. He started with Cucurella. I mean, what a shout that is. Did he? Yeah, we talk about template managers, oh. but I mean, that is a hell of a, a call, isn't it? I think it's Andy's great. beaten me for three seasons in a row, maybe two, oh, I don't know, maybe God. three, I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't know why I brought that up. Let's move on, <laughs> Jimmy. He did give us some money. 
That's not worth two euro. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, no, go he, on. He should, he, he's got all that YouTube money. He can afford a bit more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's your lot for part one of episode 79 of FBL Black Box. Join us for part two when we'll be looking at midfielders and forwards. We'll be making our predictions for game week three and revealing our lineups. Spoiler, we've made some early transfers. So see you in part two. Podcast Network.